Welcome to the Automation World Get Your Questions Answered podcast, where we connect with industry experts to get the answers you need about industrial automation technologies. I'm David Greenfield, Director of Content for Automation World, and the question we'll be answering in this episode is, what factors are influencing automation technology today? To answer this question, I'm joined today by Justin Colby, the Head of Power and Industrial Automation Market Strategy for Hinkle, a provider of adhesives, sealants, and functional coatings worldwide. Hinkle materials enable thermal management, reliable electrical function, and long-term sustainability for the power and industrial automation markets. So, Justin, not so long ago, the manufacturing industries, both process and discrete, experienced fairly predictable economic trajectories. You know, they, they rose and they fell in response to commercial and consumer spending trends. But those predictable cycles in manufacturing are no longer so predictable, and that's largely due to the influence of pervasive technologies like the internet and mobile computing on every market that manufacturing serves. And those effects impact the technologies manufacturers themselves use to respond to their customers. So given these developments and as a supplier of industrial technologies and materials yourself, what factors do you see having the most effect on industrial automation technologies today? Um, yeah, I mean, we're really seeing a lot of a lot of these factors having um, having big effects. So, you know, you mentioned that historically we uh, we would see a rise and fall with with demand, with with consumer spending and, and GDP. Um, but you know, obviously, with the recent crisis, health crisis, and um, you know, moves towards onshoring. Um, as well as as legislative um, and corporate citizenship towards uh, initiatives towards um, higher levels of sustainability and efficiency, uh, we are seeing a you know a change in those trends a little bit. Um, you know, if, from a technology standpoint, um, you know, really what we see is that the amount of data that's being processed and communicated now between machines is is much greater than ever before. Um, and this really allows for, for automation companies to put more functionality into devices. And, and really, this is where we see that they differentiate from one another. Um, so, you know, if we talk about, you know, machine machine communication, uh, there's all these sensors. They, they certainly um, collect a lot of data. Then they try to do some evaluation of that data for key content, key messages, um, and either make decisions or pass that on for review. And that, that amount is getting larger every day with, with initiatives like 5G, right, which just adds more and more capability. Um, so, you know, we talked about that. We talked a little bit about the efficiency and sustainability. So as populations continue to grow, those will become more and more important. And then, you know, with, with these challenges, there's also some things that are definitely staying the same in industrial automation. Um, so industrial customers all require reliability. Um, we... We understand clearly that downtime and maintenance and production process is expensive. Any issue that leads to a quality problem is, is, is critical. Um, and so, you know, really the designers of automation equipment have to have to think about reliability as kind of of job one um, on top of all the other uh, values that they're providing. Um, we also see, you know, as we add all this functionality, 
uh, size of the electronic size of, of our solutions continue to decrease. So, you know, we know manufacturing space is at a, at a premium um, and, and really more of that, that space, that manufacturing capital should be spent on providing core value rather than on, um, on the manufacturing content. So, you know, we don't want all this added function to, to require more volume. Um, and, and this has a number of effects on the overall design. So, um, you know, safety agency requirements like UL or IEC, um, you know, they require creepage and clearance distances or other, other, other things to, to maintain a safe operating environment. And so customers have to look at alternative solutions. So in the, in the past where they would have used an air gap to give the correct voltage insulation, now they have to look at a solid insulation like a potting or, or some other coating in order to, to, to provide that. Um, and then in the end, this also increases the power density. So we talked a little bit about reliability. Heat is the enemy of electronics. Um, as more and more function, as more and more stuff is packed in, into a smaller space, um, there's you know, more things adding heat to the overall electronics package and less space for, for things like cooling those electronics. Finally, um, you know, this is a cap, historically a CapEx-driven market, right? So, um, you know, the customers are always concerned about that initial cost, but we are starting to see more and more awareness and sensitivity to operational expense. And even some service models, which are entirely OPEX-based. So overall, customers are looking not just at that initial um, cost of implementing a solution, but that total cost of ownership. And really what they want to do is, is re reduce that total cost of ownership or alternatively, you know, provide much more function, much more convenience and ease and, and, and uptime and, and throughput all at the same cost. Okay. Thanks for explaining that, Justin. So with that, you know, first response here, we kind of looked at the industrial automation technology market very broadly, but to look at one technology uh, that's, is playing a big part more and more recently, and, and that's robotics. They have uh, robotics technologies have become an important automation factor in nearly every industry over the past few years, and their use continues to increase as more companies deploy them to address workforce, safety, and capacity issues. So how do you see the use of robotics in particular developing given the overarching industrial and technology factors that you just mentioned? Yeah, it's, to me, it's really amazing all the different applications now that robotics are addressing, um, both in industrial automation and, and really around the globe in general. So, you know, one of the key aspects of their implementation has really been magnified over the current crisis in that they can operate with minimal human interaction and they can act as go-betweens in production cells or other areas. And, and really, they can be thoroughly cleaned or disinfected between human interactions. So, um, now that, that really allows robots to provide a much safer environment, um, you know, in times of, of, of a pandemic or, or things like that. Um, on top of that, you know, they certainly allow for less human density in, in a production cell or on a, on a work on a work floor, which, you know, allows companies to, um, you know, continue production even in, in times where, you know, again, they, they need to reduce the, the um, concentration of people or, or even have no people in, in the workspace. Um, so, so that's one key. Um, you know, in, in areas like that where there's hazard, hazardous chemicals, um, hazardous environments, you know, obviously protection technologies are, are important. Things like potting and coating and gasketing to protect the electronics and protect the inner workings of the robot um, become very important solutions. 
Um, another place where we see robots really becoming or continuing to, to increase their penetration is in sensitive environments. So things like semiconductor fabs or paint spray booths. Um, so these are areas where um, we want to make sure that the, the construction materials of those ro robots don't contaminate the environment through the lifetime. So um, you know, one example of this would be silicone-free or highly controlled silicone materials um, that, that don't leach out um, uh, contaminants that will later follow the production process and ca cause yield issues. Um, so again, a couple of, uh, of key aspects. Um, you know, another thing that we see is, is you know, these robots are getting smarter and, and more aware. And so, you know, that's really, you know, if we think about things like um, augmented reality and artificial intelligence. So, you know, customers want, if they're going to implement a robotic solution, one of the keys is that that robotic solution has to be easy to implement. So, you know, programming or uh, training, for instance, robots is, is important. Um, and, and requires computational overhead in the robot. So, you know, that's a big piece of it. Artificial intelligence and, and um, you know, complex cognitive systems. Um, all, all those things are, are heavy computationally, uh, uh, heavy usage computationally applications, and, and you know, then require a lot more power. Um, similar to that is, is positional sensing. So, you know, a lot of the positional sensing for things like a warehouse robot. Um, we'll, we'll use technologies that are really not too far removed from automotive ADAS systems. And these are, you know, high power diodes and, and systems that, that require accuracy and stability of placement. You know, so, so again, if we think about all the things that robots can do, um, you know, it, it is really amazing and driving a lot of growth uh, in the industry, but, uh, you know, certainly a lot of, of challenges as well in making sure that one, they can be implemented easily and effectively, and, and two, that, that um, you know, they have the right makeup to be a consistent and reliable performer in a manufacturing environment. You mentioned power in uh, your response there and automation of any kind, you know, simply doesn't exist without power, of course, and which means that power and its associated technologies are a major factor for any company looking to implement automation at any level, whether they're new to automating processes or if they're adding an array of automation, uh, adding to an array of automation technologies already in place. So given that and your role as uh, the head of power and industrial automation market strategy for Hinkle, what do you see as the most important factors impacting power specifically and its use in industrial automation applications? Yeah, so, you know, again, power conversion is a key aspect across many applications. And, and you know, really what we're talking about here is electronic or electric power conversion. Um, so, you know, one of the things that we see in automation areas, especially, is, is an increase in battery powered electric applications. So things like warehousing robots uh, would be one example of that, or, or um, you know, other materials handling equipment. Um, you know, these things are becoming EVs, just like a, just like a car. So charging is one area where we see a, a change in power conversion. So things like fast charging and wireless charging of, of, of batteries. Um, another area where power becomes very very important in a in a manufacturing environment is, is power factor correction. So you know, a proper power factor correction allows um, you know, the, the plant to use the power that's delivered to it uh, in the most effective way and right size their, their, their power system within the plant to work closer to capacity. 
This also allows uh, you know, the, the plant to avoid usage fees from, from either the state or utility um, based on poor, poor power factors. So that's another place where power conversion is, is an important area. Um, you know, in order to really support that, you know, we talk about power electronics and we're seeing some, some key trends in this area um, that, that, uh, that, that allow um, the, the, the needs to be filled with the automation industry. So, you know, these are things like, you know, um, new semiconductor technology. So the move from, semi, uh, from, from silicon semiconductors to wide band gap semiconductors like silicon carbide or GAN um, certainly are, are one aspect of that. Um, you know, we see a significant move away, move away from through-hole components to, you know, power modules or surface mount components, which increase the power density and, and you know, in doing that also decrease the space used for the, the power function um, of all these applications. Um, some of these packages are going to provide electrical isolation, which you know allows for more you know different cooling strategies and more cooling strategies, things like double-sided cooling um, of the power electronics package. And then another thing that we're seeing is in in you know power modules, we're seeing base plate free designs where you know historically there's a large copper plate on the back of a power module. And, and you know, in the newer iterations of these designs, that, that copper plate is removed to reduce the weight. Um, reduce the size and, and reduce the cost. Um, and all these things then require more, uh, or, or say require new solutions in, in thermal management and packaging of the overall assembly um, in order to make the best use of, of, of the capabilities they provide. Okay, so Justin, we've been you know digging deep into some specific automation technologies and the industry factors driving their use, but from a broader perspective, what technology development should manufacturing and processing companies be keeping an eye on uh, in both the short and longer term? For sure, the Industry 4.0 or the Industrial Internet of Things continues to be you know, a significant value adder for customers. Um, and and you know, this, this we've already touched on a, to a certain extent where there's huge amounts of data that are collected and you know, computational power is becoming cheaper and more prevalent. So, um, you know, it's easier and easier to make the controls smarter and, and more connected. Uh, you know, so that's going to be a continuous trend that's going to help our, you know, help customers um, increase their capability, increase their capacity and reduce their, their energy usage. Uh, we also discussed collaborative robots. That's continue, going to continue to be a, a trend where robots and people are going to work in, in close proximity to each other. Um, and, and they're the people who are going to have to continue to be safe, right? Um, we can't, we can't have, you know, the robots have to be able to sense the, the, their position in relation to the, to what's around them and, and ensure a safe working environment, um, which, which requires obviously more sensors and more precision in the robots. You know, longer term, we're already seeing augmented reality, um, and, and wireless communication, but, you know, cybersecurity is going to continue to be, uh, a requirement. Um, you know, again, if we talk about, um, downtime or, or, or hijacking applications, that would be, or, or, you know, even industrial espionage, right? Those are, those are key factors. Um, and, and in the long term, artificial intelligence is, is, is the key one. So again, those complex cognitive, cognitive machine systems, um, which, you know, really change what, what's possible, um, but also change the requirements of design, right? Those are, as we mentioned, are, are computationally um, 
intense processes that, that um, you know, certainly are going to require um, a significant investment in, in, in power utilization and in, uh, uh, in, in the software side of things. So considering, you know, all that we've discussed today, what do you see as the near-term challenges and both the opportunities as well for industrial companies when it comes to assessing uh, any investment in new automation technologies? So in, t- in terms of near-term challenges and opportunities, really what, we're, what we continue to, to talk about is, is the differentiation in, in functionality that's going to really provide value to industrial automation customers. Um, that 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 functionality differentiation has to occur against the backdrop of reliability. So, you know, again, these things should have long service life and should be, um, you know, continuously running. There, there should not be, uh, you know, quality issues or or, um, or, or, or or defects that can cause downtime and, and reduce that, that capacity um, that, that the customers are buying. Similarly, you know, with new efficiency legislation and, and the drive towards good corporate citizenship, efficiency continues to be an important aspect, um, you know, both in industrial automation and globally, um, especially as populations increase. And, and all this is done at, at um, you know, with, with both cost, initial cost and, and operational expenses in mind. Um, you know, if we talk about, you know, some of the new technologies that are really coming on board, um, you know, wide band gap semiconductors, is a key piece of that. Um, and, and here we see, you know, things like semiconductors that are running hotter um, or, or have the ability to run hotter. So the rest of the package, the power electronics package becomes, um, you know, of more critical consideration in the overall failure, uh, uh, failure modes of, of electronics. Um, certainly a higher power density, um, you know, SIC and GAN packages are much smaller than silicon. And, and um, you know, for that matter, um, but at higher frequency. So, you know, these are ways that we can reduce size, but then need to keep in, in mind the, the, the cooling, right. And, and how we, how we deal with, with power electronics. Um, so, you know, th- those are big pieces of, of, of let's say the, the future puzzle, um, and ones that where we continue, continue to see challenges from, from our customers. So given these issues that you just mentioned, you know, how do they relate to specific industrial applications? I know you're talking about functionality and reliability aspects. So in looking at how they relate to specific industrial applications, you know, how can manufacturing companies put specific automation technologies into use for a measurable benefit? Clearly one of the main areas is in, in efficiency. Um, you know, wideband gap semiconductors, as one example, can provide much more efficient solutions, but in general, they have a higher uh, initial cost. So there are some applications like inverters um, for alternative energy or even motor inverters where, um, you know, there's 24-7 type operation. And there, the, the higher efficiency gains um, can, can offer an ROI that's acceptable um, when, when you think about the additional cost of wide bag gap over silicon. So that'd be one, one aspect, um, certainly in electric vehicle charging infrastructure. So, you know, things like a, a fast charger for warehousing equipment or wireless charging, um, you know, that's another area where uh, wideband gap semiconductors are seeing a lot of, 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 uh, of use, um, and, you know, particularly silicon carbide, um, you know, things like, uh, things like servo drives for robotics. So, 
you know, in general, a drive for for uh, in in a manufacturing environment doesn't run 100% of the time, and so um, you know, efficiency ROIs get difficult. But um, you know, if you think about a robot and putting that drive within the arm of a robot um, in order to decrease size and and really decrease complexity of implementing that solution, um, that would be another area where where these things really start to make sense. Um, and then, you know, another thing that we see is, is, you know, in situations where we can increase voltages uh, and, and decrease current, that's a that's a place where, um, you know, efficiencies can really improve. So in bus systems and things like that, instead of running at, at so in a DC bus, instead of running at six or 12 volts, um, being able to push that voltage up to 48 or 50 volts, you know, and still stay below the, the safety, you know, kind of intrinsically safe limits um, is a space where, um, you know, real improvements can happen and real benefits. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me for this podcast, Justin. And thanks, of course, to all of our listeners. And please keep watching this space for more installments of Automation World. Get your questions answered. And remember to visit our website at www.automationworld.com to stay on top of the latest industrial automation technology insights, trends, and news. Mm-hmm.